afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday. It's July 1st. It's Canada Day. <clears throat> not that it's not that it's your typical Canada Day. I don't know how much of the news makes it into the U.S. We get all the American news, but I don't know how much Canadian news makes it into the U.S. But Canada Day hits a little different this year. Uh, and while, uh, while it's always nice to be able to celebrate the positive aspects of your country, sometimes you find out that unfortunately, before you were even walking around, your country did some fucked up shit. <laughs> so, or didn't, or allowed it to happen more specifically, uh, 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 I suppose. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, a very, uh... I don't even know if reflective is the right word, since while some of the people that would have been involved in this, I don't know, maybe still be walking around or using walkers or wheelchairs at this point, um, you know, when it, when a, a generation, a generations that come after like uh, like us, uh, hear about things like these uh, these poor children that were part of the uh, um, these residential schools. Um, uh, are, are are being found in these mass graves. I mean, like you can't you can't not be upset about it. It's literally impossible. I'm sure Jeff now that he has his own child probably gets even more frustrated with it because he has his own frame of reference uh, as to what that would be like when you have your own uh, your own child. So it's a it's a very uh, uh, you know it's a it's a sad time and and uh, you know I I've Honestly, I thought about it. I never was, despite that we're in Nova Scotia, I only ever knew uh, two people that were indigenous my whole life, even though we're from Nova Scotia, and we actually have a fair number of them here. Um, I never got a chance to grow up uh, alongside uh, any of them. I met m- uh, met most of them later in life, either after university, um, and that's why I say two, because they were closer, but I've met more than that, but... One was in school earlier in life, and one was afterwards. And even then, you know, I don't remember, and Jeff, I don't know if you remember, it, I don't think in our history class we learned about the residential school system, which apparently has changed more recently where they sort of talk about it. But I know when I was in school, I didn't learn literally anything about that. No. Um, yeah. the, we, we, we definitely glazed over and I don't mean I don't, and I don't mean like the 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 children being buried under the these schools necessarily. I just mean the existence of that system. I I don't know if our generation even got taught that shit. And so, um, I only found out about that stuff as well. Also, way late, like in my fucking mid twenties, I think it was the first time before I even heard uh, of anything like this. So. I think my hope is, one, obviously I'm glad that, you know, places like radio stations and stuff like that are having the, this time to, uh, to play messages of uh, people from these communities to be able to have them heard right now, because obviously that's the only thing you can do. This stuff has already happened. We can apologize for, uh, for it all we want, but, uh, you know, now we have to try and do something about, uh, about it moving forward. And hopefully that does happen. Our governments haven't exactly been fucking on top of doing that. In any capacity, for a long time. So I'm not going to hold my breath on the government, but I'm pretty sure the rest of the Canadian population is going to do their damnedest to do what Canada tends to do best, and that's not be assholes, on average. And so, uh, 
I'm still going to celebrate Canada Day for the good parts of Canada, uh, but at the same time, you know, uh, it's unfortunate whenever you hear things like this about your own country. And now the hope is that even though Jeff and I weren't taught about this shit in school, now I would think the hope is by the time that Jeff's son enters the school system and he hits junior high and you start learning about... Uh, you know, your you get your Canadian history in like grade fucking eight or whatever it was that that we that we got ours. That maybe this is now it becomes part of the uh, of the of the curriculum. You know, you got to learn about your country's faults. You can't just think that your country is the greatest thing on the fucking face of the earth. You gotta you gotta have some sort of check and balance there. So hopefully that after all this happens, when Kai goes into school, he won't be as in the dark as Jeff and I was uh, were uh, growing up with uh, this whole thing going on. So. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that kind of shit, because, I mean, you gotta talk about it when it happens, you don't want to not. Uh, but we talk about video games and, uh, and TV and stuff around these parts. If you're first time here to the podcast, thank you for stopping by, if you're coming in from Jeffstream or otherwise. Uh, we also talk about just about anything else towards the end of the podcast based on what people are asking us from our, uh, from our Patreon. And, uh, we try to get as many dick jokes in as possible. We don't make any claims to being intelligent about our humor. We just try and be funny, usually with dick jokes. Uh, but before we get started, there's a very important question that I always ask each and every week. Mr. Black, how was your week? Uh, it was like a bad week, you know? It's like nothing nothing exciting really happened, nothing bad really happened, just been one of those weeks. I took a day off, um... Spent some time with Kai and Kayla and got in the pool and fucking family's been over a little bit more than normal now because some of the restrictions are. Yeah, um, we're in phase three. Yeah. So we've been seeing, uh, we've been seeing my, my, my side and Kayla's side, um, once or twice a week. Um, uh, they've, they've been coming over, have a barbecue and stuff. And most of them got both their shots now as well. So, um, other than that, man, not not too much. Just not too another much week. At all. Just a just another week, man. Just another another week. All That's I can it. say is that while we had a couple of days here recently where the heat got impressive, you know, with the humidity, we were hitting thirty eight here the other day. Mm. Um, thank God we're not BC. Oh yeah, they're getting cooked. Huh! Literally, that that one small town, fucking God help them all. That that Lytle or whatever, I can't. I actually can't remember what the name of the town is or even how to pronounce it. But they broke the Canadian record for temperatures three days running. Yeah, they hit like forty nine point three degrees Celsius, which for somebody in like the Middle East would be like, ha ha, we get that on an average Tuesday. But when you when you know that like in Canada you're hitting like minus thirty, and then you hit the opposite end at 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 plus forty nine something. Uh, Lytton or something, yeah, um, that's a, a different animal. And then, of course, uh, by the nature of, of the weather systems we have here, it resulted in massive lightning storms and whatnot, and now that town no longer exists. Did you see that? No, 90% of it burned. The, the, mayor said, the mayor said it took about 15 minutes from the first sight of smoke until the entire fucking town was basically on fire and they evacuated everyone. Holy shit. <laughs> No, it's not like That's it's like crazy. a Halifax. It's like 1,500, 2,000 some people or something like that. It's not a huge town. It's a small town on the outskirts somewhere. But still, lightning strike literally raised to the ground. Just fire everywhere. 
Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, my God, uh, what a time to have to evacuate a town like that, too. Um, but yeah, I, uh, weather, obviously, very crazy right now. And in case anyone needed a reminder, uh, yeah, climate change may or may not be happening right now. I mean, it's a shot in the dark on that one. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. Definitely happening. <laughs> Call me crazy, but I want to <laughs> say it might be happening right now. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, um, anyway, other than the, other than the heat and, uh, me being very grateful that I did choose to install that heat pump, my God, um, my week wasn't anything, uh, too crazy. Did the Mario Golf review that ended up not being, uh, quite what I what was hoping in terms of the quality, not necessarily the golf part of it was actually pretty good. It was just that it didn't have any fucking content. <laughs> It was like bare, it was like bare fucking bones. It looked like, it looked like a game that the mechanics, like the game, golf mechanics were kind of locked in and, and, and well done for the most part, but every other aspect was like half cooked, uh, and, uh, and not enough of the content. And so, uh, yeah, not, not so, uh, not so hot, uh, for sure, especially for the price that they're charging for this bad boy. Um, and honestly, somebody said this in the comments, uh, comments on, on the review, on the YouTube channel, um, it said, I don't know what Nintendo quality even means anymore. And we've kind of talked about how Nintendo rarely hits, like, or really, rarely has misses. But the more I've started to think about it, the more I've realized that in, in recent times, other than really specific Nintendo titles, so you're very much mainline Mario game, you're very much mainline Zelda game, that kind of shit. The average quality of Nintendo games is not hot. It's like approaching mediocrity at best. Uh, and so uh, I, I did, I, and I honestly, I never thought about it all that much because I haven't played that many Nintendo games that weren't mainline Mario, mainline uh, Zelda stuff. You know, there's stuff that is guaranteed to be a quality video game. But this this peripheral stuff is is not so hot, man. Uh, so that's a, a, an interesting shift. And at the same time, it's Nintendo, so they can charge full price, and it doesn't fucking matter. So I reviewed that, and then I uh, uh, the the most random thing I think that I've ever engaged in in oh, fuck it's got to be years happened last night. Uh, there was a, a a Twitter somebody posted on Twitter is a, a, a one of the uh, um, oh, what's her name? Oh, I'm going to blank on her name. Um, she works at uh, Game Informer, the magazine, Game Informer. Uh, and she posted about, she posted something like, uh, normalize getting rid of review scores on reviews. So have the review written, but normalize getting rid of like the seven out of 10, the five stars, the whatever, like, nor she say, normalize that. Uh, and just left it at that. And, and like the, if you're part of like any kind of the reviewing community, like it's not like a hot take. That's something that people have been talking about for like 20 fucking years or some shit at this point, uh, because of all the negative stuff that comes out of actually giving scores. The, the discourse online is toxic as fuck. The console war bullshit is insane. Uh, usually it's centered around review scores of the games on their consoles. And then of course, the thing that we've talked about here, uh, being like on Metacritic, where a developer will say, or, or a publisher will say, well, here's your benchmarks. If you get this Metacritic score for your game, now you get 
this bonus compensation, etc. So setting compensation based on Metacritic scores and whatnot, which is insane to like aggregate scores from across a, a, a selection of sites that Metacritic themselves chooses to then determine compensation is is uh, kind of fucking wild. So there's been a lot of discourse around that for for uh, for some time. And I responded that I agreed with for the most part, but the problem is that that review scores, mo- a lot of people, the majority of people are looking for a number, and that's all they give a fuck about. Whether it's good or bad, that's what they're looking for. They don't want to invoke, like 90% of people don't want to invest 20 minutes to listen to Adam Morehouse talk about Mario Golf. That just ain't it. Nobody ain't got the time for that kind of shit. Most people just want to hear, what is it? You know, maybe they read a couple of my reviews to see if they think that the same way I do about games, and then at best, after that, they'd go, okay, Adam gave it three, I don't need to see the review. I'm good. I'm out. Or Adam gave it a five, great, maybe I'll actually buy this game. I'm out. Most people don't give a fuck about the actual review itself. So you have to include it. Otherwise, you're just you're just writing yourself out of the market for fucking reviews, uh, a large portion of it, for people that don't want to uh, have to do the effort. But the badge system that I have was to try and bridge that gap. And we had a, and she agreed with that whole thing, and that was fine. And then two other guys came in and started talking, and they were having uh, opposite opinions and uh, of that. And uh, uh, I was engaged with them about that. And then one of the two of them said, I have a solution. I have a solution to this whole review score thing. I said, really? Because the entire industry has been looking for one for two decades or more. So if you've got the solution, holy shit, do I and the rest of the known reviewing world want to hear this shit? Every publication on earth wants to hear your solution to this problem. And then eventually that devolved into, after some time, we actually got on a voice call... And we hashed this out with zero, zero formatting, rambled in circles, but we got through it because it was two random people that had never met each other on the internet before for six, uh, six hours and 45 minutes. I would lose my abs. I'd make it. <laughs> I'm already, I'm already checking out of this conversation as you're saying it to me. Let alone well, six not, hours. This is not, this is not a Maximus Black God, conversation man, to begin with. Jesus. Fuck. So I would it only God. needed it real and, and truthfully, because it was completely unstructured, you know, what happens is you end up talking in, in circles. Like it's just it, it invariably happens. The conversation, even if you took that out, would have still probably been like to get from the beginning to where we came to our like our conclusions, the two of us, probably half of that time. So like half of it was just us in in circles because we were either not understanding what the other person was trying to get the point cuz some of the stuff we were talking about was pretty fucking like hard to get a point across. Either way, it was regardless of the fact that it was that long and probably not worth listening to for most probably. people. And, and, no, and I don't mean, and I don't mean in its entirety. I mean, just like the topic itself is not a topic that other than people in this, in this bubble would even be interested in the, in, in talking about the validity of review scores. The, the, the interesting thing for me wasn't all that. It was the, it was the fact that I managed to go from a back and forth on Twitter with somebody I'd never met before to having a sit down, completely unstructured discussion that for seven hours that didn't 
devolve into some sort of crazy fucking screaming, mudslinging, fuck you, you know, whatever bullshit. And it was, and there were moments that were, that were contentious, but it wasn't like, it, it wasn't off the rails. And that was like, it, it's fucking super unique to me. You don't do that on the fucking internet. And like, that doesn't exist. Well, I would have been off the rails after 20 minutes tops. I'd oh, have been well, like, dude, shut the fuck up. That's what I would have said. <laughs> I, I that that's what I would have said. I would have like shut the fuck up, man. I can't do this for six hours. I'd have been more mad about the time wasted <laughs> on the topic than the actual topic is. I mean, how do you get upset with somebody over them wanting to, you know, not have a a, a score on a review or or the other way around? Who gives a shit? Well, it wasn't it wasn't that they were like upset. It was like he he had he said that he had a solution, and then the whole discussion was around. Well, what was his solution, Adam? So, so are you sure you want the answer? Because it's not no, a short no, no, solution, no, Adam. 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 I want the bullet. I want the literal one bullet thing. Not your bottles. <laughs> not anything. I want to know what his solution was. What does he think? Okay. Okay. So without. Okay, I'll try and give it to you. I'm enabling Adam here, and I don't want to because he's going to do what he does. We haven't even got to topic one yet, all right? We've been just listening to this Well, the shit. good news is it's a short list today, so we're going to be all okay right. in that well, regard. Well, okay, I'm, I'm asking you to just give me <laughs> what his solution is. I don't need you to yes, okay. tell me how he got there. I just no, need to, I know. I yeah. wanna... No, I understand. Okay, so, okay. so the only context I'll give is that for him, he wanted to accomplish two things. He wanted to... Uh, get rid of the review scores because he was interested in trying to reduce the console wars toxicity discourse that happens online that is almost, almost always precipitated by review scores being the thing that they weaponize in conversation. So like, fuck you, Last of Us 2 got a 9.0, your game got an 8.8, suck a dick, PlayStation for life. Like, that's kind of what... He's hoping, which is a, a a pipe dream, but that that's kind of part of what he's is hoping to accomplish. The, is that the reason, though? Like, I don't think I've ever heard somebody that's say not, that's not necessarily what the industry would likely be pointing towards. The industry would be pointing towards stuff like compensation based on Metacritic and the problems surrounding aggregate scores, and that was more of my problem with scores, not what well, he that was makes talking more, about. That makes more sense. But I for mean, him, I'm just saying, for him, this yeah. is what he was hoping to accomplish. So it was that. And then in a side pocket thing, a little bit about the Metacritic stuff as well, because he wasn't a fan of the aggregate system. So his idea was, is that he knew that it had to be as fast as a number, because like we just said, people just want click, number, done, peace. So it has to be that fast. So the idea was, is to give them something that is more specific to their tastes, because he contended that a number doesn't do a good job of describing to you where that number came from without reading the review. And so you don't know if that number that was given is still really um, specific to your interests in a game. Like, let's say the story was really good, or the graphics were really good, etc. So you don't know that what that number is made up of. So, which is why I had the badge system, just as a side note, and why the badge system coincidentally lines up with what his idea was. So, he said that if what if you had a uh, what if everyone adopted a system whereby the review scores are gone but you did give badges like we'll just call them badges like mine for example just because you know what, what i'm talking about for something like story or graphics or characters or whatever and then they are submitted to a website like metacritic all the same for aggregate purposes and so they have all these tags from the reviews of the of the positives and possibly even negatives you've wanted them to be of these things. They're not numbers, but they're the thing that the reviewer said, this is really fucking good in this game. 
but it's specific to this portion of the game, story, characters, whatever. When a person goes to this website to sign up, this call it Metacritic for the sake of ease of understanding, and they sign up, they just have those tags, so story, characters, graphics, uh, soundtrack, and whatnot, the badges that I had, there's 12 of them, and then they just slide like sliders to, to give weight to how important in the games that they play those elements are. So some people in games don't give a fuck about graphics, they just want really good story. Or they, they really like characters, but, you know, sound design isn't exactly all that high up on their list. So they do that, and it creates a profile. And then when a game is reviewed by the entire market, as it does every time get reviewed, the aggregate Metacritic then has all those tags, and they give you recommendations based on your profile and the weights that you gave to those specific game elements, and then say, this game is recommended to you. It's not giving you the breakdown, it's just saying, yes, this is recommended, no, it's not. So it accomplishes loosely the speed in which a number would tell you, yes, you want to buy this game, or no, you don't. But it makes it more specific to your likes and dislikes, instead of just a nebulous number that is supposed to represent the entire review without telling you where that number came from, unless you read the entire review to know what that number represents. So he's trying to circumvent the blanket nature of a number, make it more specific to people, in the hopes that, one, it gets rid of like the Metacritic stuff to a degree. I, I, the reason why it went on so long is that I gave him a whole lot of caveats to how this wouldn't accomplish some of these goals. But to do that, and then to also uh, make sure that if they were to have those toxic conversations, at least they're having conversations around things that are specific to their likes and not just a number that two people pulled off Metacritic and are just saying, my game better than your game because Metacritic score one, Metacritic score two. So that was his solution to that problem, to, to, to solve it by still being as fast as a number, but making it more specific to the, the person. And I agreed that that system would be great. The problem is there's two problems with that is one, the whole industry would basically, or a majority would have to adopt that system simultaneously for that to really work. If you slow burned it, people wouldn't really hop on. It would have to be pretty much like three or four major publications, you know, GameSpot, IGN, Kotaku, Polygon, whatever you want, Game Informer, would have to adopt it all at the same time. And then have a website like Metacritic also adopt that system. But the bigger problem is, Jeff, I have a question. How hard is it to convert people to do things on the internet? Pretty hard. How hard is it to convert people to do things on the internet when they, when they, uh, even as a Twitch streamer, when you have, when you have a really good rapport with your community, how hard is it to get them to do anything more than, that takes like more than two clicks on the internet? Impossible. Okay. So my contention was for him, he was targeting very specifically the people that are only interested in numbers. The people that aren't already reading reviews. To, that, that talk about and, and maybe in, engage in these toxic conversations. He's just interested in the numbers-only people. They're the ones that are looking for the fastest gratification. They don't want any effort. They want to click, see a number, done. Those people are the ones that he wants to go onto this new website and spend the time that it takes to build this profile and tweak it over time to make sure that the games it's recommending to them are actually appropriate to their tastes and expecting th those types of people to be the ones to easily convert to that system, which I said is probably never going to fucking happen. Because in, uh, in my example, the moment you change the URL for where you're found on the internet, for God's sake, you've already lost 
half of the people. It's just stupid. Uh, It's it's one of these arguments that I, 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 I just believe an argument is here for the sake of an argument. Um, I'm not well, saying not, it wasn't really an argument. It's just like discussion no, that's know, been in the industry I mean, for it, a long it's, time. Yeah, it's it's. I don't think I don't think there's too many people that are upset about it. Um, uh, it's just the way it is. It's I'll, like Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, right? It's 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 like Rotten Tomatoes. It's like you've got you've got your critic score and then you've got your audience score. Yeah, and you know it's really only coming from one source. It's coming from Rotten Tomatoes. I mean, it's not coming from anybody else unless the other people are connected with rotten tomatoes yeah you know it's the same thing in the music movie business you have a um yeah you have a movie the 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 studio invites you all to go to the screening you're heavily influenced um by giving a good review um even if you don't like the movie because you enjoy being pampered um and you don't want to listen it's the movie business same with the video game business you don't want to be blackballed. You don't want to be the guy or the gal that no longer has those opportunities to go to the E3, to go to the big conferences, to be invited into that circle, especially if you're in the industry. So it's not up to the industry to change. It's up to the consumer, the people that are looking for these things to understand the system that they're getting the information from. And I think the vast majority of people know this, or at least educated folks um, about the gaming industry in general, there might be mom and dads that you know, or or your super casual gamers that'll go to Metacritic and say, "Oh, it's it's eighty percent. That's okay. It must be decent." Um, and they're they're going to use it for what it is. And those people go there um, simply for the number. They don't. They're not going there to listen to Adam rant about Mario Golf for thirteen minutes. Um, they're going there to see, "Hey, I'm really considering buying this game." This is one of the places I go. What's the number? Oh, if it looks decent, okay, fine. It's like Netflix. You know, you're going through Netflix and you see a rating, a star rating, and you're like, you're on the fence about it. If it's like a three, three and a half, and then there's another show that's like four and a half, five, you're probably going to pick the four and a half, five. You didn't listen to a review. You didn't, you didn't read all the stuff. You're just going by first guesses. It's the same thing in the, in the, in the video game industry. Um, these companies need to have numbers. They need to have it for click-through rate for for uh to, to for headlines for all these things um it's a business that's and points that people, i brought up as well yeah. is, is 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 you is that while it's nice to think that people can get away from the machine they're right? not you can't it's like it's he brought can't. up he brought up like the clickbait nature of youtube and i said well the reason it's why the you're is. seeing that is because if you don't follow that, you're if you talk to the people that even have the clickbait titles, they'll tell you they fuck or, or they thumbnails. They fucking yeah. hate it. Having they hate to it pay somebody, having to pay somebody to make fucking clickbait, clickbait thumbnails because it's their job to be as good at making thumbnails as possible, and then make clickbait titles. They they hate it. Like nobody really enjoys that shit. Uh, no. People want to just make their content and then have it be delivered to people if it's interesting to those people. But that's yeah. not how the algorithm works and if you don't do it you're fucked and the same thing yeah. happens with these publications if they don't if they don't have a score to cater to the people looking for a score yeah. they're yeah. fucked if they don't have cyberpunk 2077 uh you know Six out of ten. is is out of date or you know is old technology or you know some sort of fucking thing you know two out of ten you yeah. know what i mean people are going to click on that shit they just are so uh, I said, people, so I so I said for him, right? Just to because we we could talk about this for seven hours. That'd be dangerous. We're not going. We're to. not going yeah, to. We're, but we're not going so to. for so I 
I told him, you know, ultimately, I didn't disagree that what he said, because I, it would be weird for me to disagree, because what he's describing is the system that I already use in my own personal reviews. So, like, I obviously agree with that concept of, uh, of information delivery that's more specific than a number to let people know, you know, for the badges, if I give a game two stars, but it's got badges for, uh, for characters, art design, and sound, uh, soundtrack, and, and to you, characters are a very important part, you might be okay with the fact the overall game is only a two out of five, because it's got really good characters and, and a great soundtrack. And you're like, okay, well, I'll still probably check this game out. It doesn't mean it's a perfect game, but for the stuff that I give a fuck about, it seems to do really well. So I'll maybe still give it a, uh, you know, a look. And that's what the system is for. So for... it's not, I, I agreed with his system, and I think it would be cool to have. I don't think that it has to replace numbers. I think that if it was introduced and then over time... The like you were saying, if people chose that, they said, "Okay, this really is what we prefer to use." Go that go yeah, that but route. I, you but... gotta understand, though, Adam is is it doesn't do anything. Even if you have that system, <clears throat> people are still going to look at what you see, and they're going to translate that into a number. Do you understand? No, I understand. So, you're you're talking so, about points that I literally talked with yeah, for seven hours. So, I mentioned yeah. this exact same thing. So, but what I'm what I'm know, saying is, you're just. Is that I, his idea isn't wrong? It's not even that it's bad. It's just that it's additive to a system that people already rely on and will in in and in most cases will still look for most people a number. And the irony of the entire conversation really is that it's very much specific to um, to more about just the reviewers in the community themselves in, in the reviewing community because just like in movie reviews, game reviews as well, they barely move, like, well, I'll say just specifically games, because I, I, I don't know about movies, uh, so I won't say that. But for games, review scores and review, like, game review coverage barely moves the fucking needle for sales or interests or anything. The amount of people that are playing and buying video games that actually utilize or engage with review media is a fucking micro, micro section of the entire market. Most people are still going into into yeah. Walmart, seeing a title on the on the shelf, and be like, "Yeah, that looks like a good game," and buying it. That's like ninety yeah. percent of the entire market right there. They don't give yeah. a fuck about uh, about reviews. So you're already like this tiny little market. Then it's in that market that's already small. The majority of people just want a number. And then the people that want more information than that, which would be the system that he's describing or reading a review or watching it, is like fucking five people and a dog. So, there like, it go. is a bit of a, an asinine go. conversation, but it was fun it's to have anyway. Yeah, it's dumb, dumb. Anyway, let's move on. It was fun to have let's anyway. Let's do it, man. All right. uh, PlayStation has acquired Housemark, the team behind recently released uh, the game uh, Returnal. Uh, that was kind of contentious uh, for either being a really great or really terrible, depending on who you talk to. Uh, so, again, we're still just buying up companies, uh, as it is. Todd Howard, the god himself, God Howard, got an interview, uh, giving us more insights on what, uh, projects Bethesda are currently working on, uh, which we already know which, what they're working on, but a little bit more detail. Specifically, he wanted to talk about Elder Scrolls Six. Uh, so the Creation Engine 2, which is the iteration of the Creation Engine, which is an iteration of... The Gamebrio engine from uh, sometime just after I was born uh, is built for both Starfield and the Elder Scrolls 6, with the Elder Scrolls 6 going to be getting, you know, additional pieces to the engine as needed, but otherwise they will be using the same engine. He confirmed that, not that that's a surprise. 
uh, and that the Elder Scrolls Six is, and this might this surprised some people. It even sort of surprised me how how early in development Elder Scrolls Six was. Uh, it's still in the design phase. So, I knew that Elder Scrolls Six would have been very fucking early on. I didn't think it would still be in the we're in the design phase. Uh, because they showed that fucking famous zoomed-in JPEG at that E3. I think it was three years ago now, I want to say. Um, and so, like, I get that at that point they didn't have anything to show. Uh, but I assumed the game was in design phase when they showed a JPEG. I expected it to at least be, like, in some sort of weird pre-pre-pre-alpha, you know, kind of a situation... Uh, so that we were maybe like two years away, three years away at most from Elder Scrolls, Elder Scrolls 6. I don't, and maybe they're still trying to target that. But if you're telling me that they're just in the design phase, I'm prepping for a 2032 release of the Elder Scrolls 6. Um, that's kind of fucking wild. Obviously, Starfield has taken the vast majority of the resources and time, and they're not um, dumping any more into it than uh, than they need to at the at Well, the you're obviously, they're obviously not going to release... The Elder Scrolls Starfield is coming out. Uh, well, no, uh, but uh, well, we knew that it would ha- it would happen at le- at least a year after Starfield. So what, way longer. It's gonna be way longer than that. I mean, we're, <laughs> well, it has to be for development yeah. now. Like, it has to be yeah, way yeah. longer. I, I I really don't think you're gonna see that game till like literally 2026. But people were, like, but we didn't know until more recently the order in which those games were gonna release. So like when they, for example, showed the the original stuff for the Elder Scrolls Six title screen or whatever the fuck you want to call that thing and whatnot, people were still, like, Bethesda was in their cadence of Fallout, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, Elder Scrolls, and we were on the Elder Scrolls tick, and so people were like, oh, okay, it'll be Elder Scrolls, and then probably this Starfield new IP uh, will will happen after Elder Scrolls 6. We didn't know until more recently that it was going to be Starfield first, and then Elder Scrolls. But now that we do, obviously, yeah, it's gotta happen well after, not just to give uh, Starfield room to breathe, but also... Because they obviously don't have the development resources to be trying to juggle Starfield and the Elder Scrolls Six at the yeah. same time, so it's going to be a hot minute. You know, don't don't get too excited about playing the uh, the Elder Scrolls Six anytime soon. Just keep buying Skyrim on every platform that God Howard puts it on, including Game Pass. I think this is also available right now. Uh, and then lastly, and this was just a random little tidbit, he pitched, apparently, an Indiana Jones game to George Lucas back in 2009, but apparently that never actually panned out. Uh, isn't there an Indiana Jones game being developed right now? Or am I high? There's a movie. I I know there's a movie. I thought for some reason that there was an Indiana Jones, maybe I'm just fucking thinking of some, like, maybe I'm just fucking cooked. But, uh, either way, um, imagine, what the fuck does a Bethesda... A Bethesda Indiana Jones game <laughs> look no. like? No, I mean <laughs> two out of ten. Two out of ten. <laughs> two, two out of ten. Don't recommend. Um, canceled before many people probably even knew it existed. Magic Legends will be shut down on October thirty first of this year. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was still in beta about a week ago. Uh, if it's not still in beta, I don't know. But it's going to be shut down, unfortunately. They're canceling the uh, that project. Uh, and sadly, uh, even for those who are interested in continuing to play on their own, because of the client-server structure that they have uh, for the game, it can't really be left to its own devices for offline play. 
so they can't even just let people play offline. The game is just super dead. Um, so, uh, rip, if you didn't know about it, well, you don't miss it. You knew, <laughs> odds are you probably didn't know it even existed. <laughs> probably didn't even know it existed. Uh, I don't even know if we talked about the podcast before. Maybe we did briefly, but I, I don't I, think so. I had to look it up. I was like, what magic game were we talking about? I had to look it up and it was some like, uh, uh some like top down. I don't know if it was like a, a combination like Diablo, of like a, it? a Diablo deck builder. I don't like it was some weird uh, thing like that. Uh, super dead. Yeah, super dead. Uh, GTA 6, another game that apparently we don't need to worry about for quite some time. Uh, that is reportedly going to come out in 2025. It's a few more years on that bad boy. You gotta be cooked. I don't even, I can't even fathom what G. After GTA 5, how do you, what, where do you take Grand Theft Auto 6 after the absolute fucking behemoth that was Grand Theft Auto 5? As somebody who's in the RP community, what would you want to see in Grand Theft Auto 6 that GTA 5, whether RP or, or otherwise, doesn't already do, or what do you think it could even do better? You fucking fly in the room there? <laughs> fucking fly in the room. <laughs> fucking thing. It's fucking with me. Um, I don't know, man. All it needs to do is just keep doing what it's doing. I mean, I Grand Grand Theft Auto. They they always have good campaigns, so it doesn't matter where they go. Um, I think they they just. I think they'll likely revisit another. I think they'll revisit an old character and continue that continuous story. Um. As for online, that's where their bread and butter is. So, you know, the RP stuff is like a very small slither of... Oh, I know. I was just like, because yeah, that's no, the part that you engage with. Like, if there was something that... Yeah. Because obviously the modders have to work with what the base game kind of provides. Like, for yeah. example, do you want the city to be um, bigger? Would you like to see the city be the same size but allow more buildings to be explorable, for example? I mean, now that we have, like, by the time 2025 rolls around... With the way that we have games loading now on the new consoles, for example, and storage media on PCs, they might be able to actually start having things like more buildings just be freely explorable. Like these these skyscrapers and all this other shit, they can have it because they don't have to worry about loading it anymore. Yeah, I mean, with RP, it's just there's so much modding that you can basically do anything anyway, even outside of them. You just create mm. your own shit. Um, I just think they just need to... And um, they will. They're not going to fuck this up. It's Rockstar. So, like, they're, all they need to do is just make another Grand Theft Auto Five and slap a six on it. Um, in terms of, like, role play, that, that'll still take a long time to develop, even on top of that. So, like, and they say it's a reported launch for 2025. That could be 2026, 2027. You really don't know, right? Um, so, I wouldn't even get my hopes up for 2025. I really wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll see 2025 is just long enough away that it's like you know they're covering their ass there a little bit you know you're giving yourself uh you know a little more than three years uh so you know i, I yeah well i'm i'm just interested to see how they because it's one thing that it, it's obviously they, they just you know if they keep doing what they're doing it would be fine <clears throat> but you know, they, they always, the period, dude. they don't need, they don't need to, they don't need to, to but, but if you look historically at what they've done between games, they've always kind of like added some, yeah. I thing. think graphically, I think graphically it's going to be so impressive that it's just going to naturally just feel like it's an, an even bigger thing than what it is. I just think yeah. it, 
I don't know. I, Graphically is usually one of the things. I mean, they definitely make massive leaps in each iteration. Yeah. Because obviously there's a huge gap between there games. There was 4 and 5, right? Like, yeah. you know, they were... And 4 was already a pretty good-looking game, honestly. That's it, yeah. And so... Now, you go into 6, and I mean, I'm sure the graphics are just going to go nutty. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we'll see. Wonderful. Uh, Konami... Uh, has announced a strategic partnership deal, um, and I, I forgot to write down the company that this deal is actually with, oh. but it's part of a, but it's, it's not a company that anyone would likely know off the top of their head. It's not like a, a developing house or some shit that people would be like, oh yeah, I, I know them. Um, but they announced a strategic partnership deal with this, uh, this company. Part of the deal is apparently Silent Hill related. Uh, with VGC reiterating that uh, uh, though that is the case, they are still uh, still certain that another Silent Hill project is also in the works. Bloober, that's it. Bloober team of the medium. Okay, so I lied. Some people apparently do know. Uh, so B- VGC saying that that despite that, there there's still another Silent Hill game in the works, outsourced to another prominent Japanese developer, which is which continues to be why the Rumor mill about Kojima possibly doing a Silent Hill game just keeps getting more and more fucking thick. Uh, because how many prominent Japanese developers are likely going to take on Silent Hill? Uh, there's not a super long list. So, uh, anyway, I, I, on one hand, I'm happy that there's Silent Hill stuff coming. On the other hand, it's Konami and I, I don't have much faith. So my hope is that, is that whoever they choose to outsource that to, is going to be uh, anyone that's better than Konami, which is not a hard, it's not a high bar to set, really. Uh, some people are hoping for like Shinji Mikami, who did the um, the uh, oh, it's the series that I wasn't a big fan of, and I've got uh, for whatever reason my brain latched on to The Walking Dead, <laughs> and now I can't think of the actual name. Uh, uh, Evil Within, uh, the Evil Within series uh, with Shinji Mikami, and even though I didn't really like it uh, all that much, visually it was very impressive, the art style and stuff was very much something that you could see Silent Hill being a thing, and so, yeah, hopefully um, hopefully it, it uh, turns into something uh, good, because I need a good Silent fucking Hill game, for God's sake, please. Uh, and coincidentally, kind of... I don't know if it's, if it, it, well, how coincidental it is, but all the same, Jeff Grubb revealed on his show just earlier that uh, Microsoft and Hideo Kojima have signed a letter of intent, which is basically the, our lawyers haven't finalized the paperwork yet, but we're going to do something together. Uh, and that letter of intent outlines something along the lines of um, that the product is cloud-based, so he's going to be doing something that utilizes Microsoft's kind of resources beyond just the console. Uh, there's no indication that Microsoft will actually directly invest in Kojima Productions, which is his production house, but uh, the deal is pending legal finalizing uh, documents. And the partnership is to let Kojima, this is apparently the idea, as Microsoft is simply letting Kojima have free reign uh, using whatever Microsoft technology that he, that he wants to without saying something like specifically green lighting uh, a very specific project. So it's not that Kojima came to them with a game idea uh, and they greenlit it, it was, we want to work with Hideo Kojima, here's our technology, go have some fun, come back when you've got FedEx Simulator 2.0. Kojima, at this point for me, is the M. Night Shyamalan of the video <laughs> game industry. 
and uh, and uh, and and uh, and oh, I'm he talking... hasn't made an Avatar: The Last Airbender yet, though. No, he hasn't. But is it coming? What he, what, what he is is he's very pretentious, and ex- he thinks is he thinks he's he's uh, he thinks he thinks he's he's a swath. Like he thinks he's like. Um, it's it's hard for me to explain. This guy just I'm not saying he makes bad games because I mean, you know, he's a legend in his own right. Same with M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, he's a legend. I don't, in his I don't own know right. if he has like a huge ego, but he is definitely like an artsy, bro, a very artsy fartsy. Yeah, bro, I, I think I the fact that they have a letter of intent and they're gonna let him do whatever he wants, bro. Listen, he ain't signing no deal with Microsoft. If Microsoft is saying, listen, man, we got to oversee what you're doing. We got to make sure, like, these are the guidelines. The only way they're getting this guy is if it's literally, hey, give me a blank check. Tell me what exactly I can use. And I'm going to go and create something amazing for you. And then ultimately, when it comes out, there's going to be a little sub sub group of people, just like M. M. Night Shyamalan. They're going to be like, this is a genius. And then there's going to be the vast majority of people that go, we didn't ask for this. We didn't, we didn't need this in our life. Um, it's not bad, but this ain't it. And the shtick is getting old. That's, that's, that's how I feel about this guy now. Um, <laughs> I, 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 hopefully, hopefully he can come out and do something amazing. Uh, but I, I think he's getting in his own way, man. He's uh, just, you know, I don't, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you. I mean, like, like he, I, that, what you just said at the end there of he's getting in his own way. I felt that about him when he first announced and we were getting the, the slow drip of updates, but up to the release of, um, of, uh, uh Death Stranding. Where, yeah. where Death Stranding, as as it went on, the project when it first started, it it when we first saw it, it just seemed like another Hideo Kojima production. Uh, that you know was probably going to be pretty good, but probably really heavy on like, uh, fucking esoteric, yeah, cutscenes and shit. Like, like that was Kojima shit that people were expecting, and then it was like now that he's on his own. It became like it was. Oh, I don't. It was almost like I don't want to describe it as a midlife crisis kind of moment, but it almost seemed like it because he was like hunting down all these uh, people in Hollywood that he admired and wanted to work with to try and like befriended them, like Mads Mikkelsen and uh, and what's his name from uh, The Walking Dead. Walking Dead, yeah. Uh, and uh, and and then Guillermo uh, del Toro and like, all and they, he just kept name dropping and name dropping and name dropping and like everyone was in this fucking game. You know, it's like let's get Jeff Keighley in here. Let's get fucking like everyone we could possibly squeeze into this game. And it became Norman Reedus. Thank you. And it became more about like it, it, it almost. And then he started talking about like it's a strand game, whatever the fuck that is. And like in talking like in this weird. Kojima way where it was like oh my god has this guy now that he's been let loose of his chains have we gone too far have we given him too much room to to, to breathe yes. here is this a guy the is this answer, a, a yes. man is this a man who is obviously very good at making phenomenal video games but he's somebody that needs to be given yes focus yes it's like it's like um it's like a Ryan Johnson it's like uh the Wachowski uh siblings it's like the 
the fucking uh jeez uh, I, I mean there's so many directors i could uh, m night Shyamalan. I, <laughs> the list the list goes on and on where they they get a su- success they have a huge hit and then um you know they they had studio guidance and then uh all of a sudden the the studio wants to continue to work with them because of their the reputation um, they put a lot of uh, a lot of trust that like okay you know what I believe um, and then of course they get some ego right I mean rightfully so they're super talented people yeah but they 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 feel as though you know it's almost like they disregard the things that the studio heads do to kind of keep them focused on time you know put that pressure on them and they they it's like they have to work towards something it's like going on a date for the first time. And you're like you're spending that extra bit of time to make sure like you got the right cologne on and you've you put mouthwash in your mouth five times and you <laughs> you made sure that every iron is is done and you go out there and you have a great time and you give your best foot forward and but you're not you're not really being like you're being you but it's like it's tamed it's tamed you know yeah. it's tamed and then you know over time when you've gained the trust and you've had some great dates. You've had some good sex. You've done whatever you need to do. All of a sudden, you're going to go, you know what? Instead of the cologne this time, I'm actually going to, um, you know. I'm going to show I, I up in steps. sweatpants. No, not even. No, not, <laughs> not even that. Not even that. You're still going to show up in the, in, in the nice look. But instead, this time, you're adding a twist to it. Now, now you've got a lab of kitty cats of kittens in your basement and they're the most adorable kitties ever and they fart and it smells cute, at least to you. And so you bottle that up and you start spraying yourself with kitty farts and you think that you're, 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 you're doing something amazing and you want to tell your date, like you smell that that's the smell of kitty farts. These beautiful, look at the, look at these cats. And then they realize you're a fucking weirdo and you need to just stick to whatever it is that you were doing. The The package is the same, but now you're trying too hard. You, you think you think you're smarter than everybody else and you got it. You, you got it all figured out. But the reality is you just need to you're, you're what you're at is you're at a 13. We need you to come back down to the nine where we like you. And now now it's like, you know, we've given you too much room. Nobody's told you to not have the cute kitties in your basement while you bottle the farts. <laughs> Nobody wants you to do that. You think it's cool. You think you're ahead of everything. You think that you're starting a new trend. But in reality, nobody asks for this. <laughs> nobody wants kitty farts uh, as cologne. They don't want it. I That's fuck, where I'm at. I fucking hate how accurate that analogy is. I fucking well, hate it. You see it. what I'm saying? Well, yeah, because like the kitty fart thing is like the is like the strand game discussion that he yes. had. Whereas like everyone, yes. everyone is everyone, everyone was okay when he was just making like sort of artsy fartsy weird shit with with uh, Metal Gear Solid, but it was still under like the the focus of of making like this stealth third person you know action game that's like everyone is is, is likely to like or enjoy yes and then yes. then then he's completely let loose and fuck it's like action. it's like fuck all that shit i want i want people to walk across the land landscape carrying a baby strapped to their chest with 14 fucking crates above their heads uh and talk about it like it's some sort of social game uh of like some strand strand game trying to create a new genre that nobody yeah. knows what the fuck i'm talking about that's 
Yeah, and 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 then there's going to be morons, right? Or or just I shouldn't call them morons, but there's going to be fanboys, right? That are like, you know what? That just smells. <laughs> that smell. It smells like innocence. It smells like purity. It smells <laughs> like I can tell that you've been feeding them the the highest quality of of natural uh uh uh, uh kitty food, and and that you've that you've just you've handpicked these these kitties that you got from the the seven different continents and you got one of each and and i can just there's like a little bit of north american in there some africa in there you know there's some australia in there i i can there's something magical about this and i and i think that really just also signifies us coming together as one as people and really coming together as human beings and and the fact that he's bottled this up into into a, a, a fragrance is is absolutely stunning and and i know that there's only so much of this fragrance available like you can't just this isn't something you buy at walmart this is something that 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 has taken time and thought and it's been nurtured and 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 it's it's incredible while meanwhile the vast majority of people say it smells like shit i don't know what the fuck this is you're a fucking weirdo and i'm calling Pete on you what are you doing <laughs> That's that's how we really feel, but nobody's nobody's man enough to tell him because it's 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 because he's he still is. because it's still because Kojima. He's still the guy. He's still the guy, <laughs> right? It's like the guy that doesn't know yet that like everybody's pretending like there isn't a problem. You know, it's like somebody's got a booger in their nose, and nobody wants to tell you you got a booger in your nose because you're the guy or you're the gal. But in reality, people just need to say, "Bro, wipe your nose, man." We still like you, but get the shit out of your nose, bro. <laughs> Nobody wants this. Like, please, if you're going to put this shit in, like, put your fucking perfume in there where we can't smell it, you know? <laughs> Just sprinkle it in there, but give us the shit we want. And then in 10 years, you can tell everybody you didn't notice it, but I sprinkled some kitty fucking fragrance <laughs> in there. And and then you'll have a few people go, you know what? That's I genius. Actually, I actually was thinking to myself, there's something going on here. I didn't realize it makes sense. Do it that way. Don't be noisy about it. This guy, he's M. Night Shyamalan, bro, of the video game industry right now. That's how I feel about him. Uh, well, it, hopefully he doesn't go full M. Night Shyamalan because we all know how full M. Night Shyamalan went. He went. Yeah, don't go. Yeah, don't go there. He, don't went, go. he, he went unchecked a little too long. Uh, yeah. that, that man, that man started with something great and then my God, did he go off the rails? So let's hope that it doesn't get to that point. Um, See, what, what's nice about M. Night Shyamalan though, is when he went off the rails and the studios were like, uh, uh, you know, like, you know, you, you were the guy and you were making, you, you were making like $50 million movies that were gross in a bajillion dollars. You were the man. All right, everybody talked about the M. Night Shyamalan, a ding dong, uh, twist Plot at twists. the end and it's, 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 it's great. And then when he tanked, like, a couple times in a row, real hard, um, the studios were like, nah, -uh, this ain't it. So it got to the point where M. Night then got desperate, and he had no money. Like, he has money because he's M. Night Shyamalan, but nobody was greenlighting his stuff. So he had to start doing his own movies and forking up the money for everything. And then when he finally did that, and he forked it up, and people were like, no, we don't want nothing to do with you. He started honing it back in, and he started going, okay, I need to not do whatever the fuck. I, I was getting a little too crazy, 
And then he honed it back in because he's a he's a genius writer when he wants. He's even got a new movie coming out here very soon that actually looks intriguing, like every other M. Night Shyamalan movie. The question is, is he going to go off the rails? Or are we going to get Metal Gear Solid M. Night Shyamalan? Who knows? It's a fucking coin flip with this guy at this point, <laughs> right? I mean, so my only thing is, is that, or, or like the more recently, Death Stranding was a complete shit show. What he did before Death Stranding with uh, with PT, which was the the demo for Silent Hills that then got canceled by Konami because they're run by literal morons. Um, him working with with uh, Guillermo del Toro on that, that's like the per that's like the perfect you know because now you've got del Toro checking some of checking and balancing, and really Guillermo del Toro is riding he's the, the he's he's, he's Riding it, he hasn't had. He didn't get. He didn't get so much mainstream success that they gave him free, like complete free reign. He's still kind of like a. He's still kind of like. He's not obviously not an indie darling, but he's still very hipsters. Fucking, you know, uh, a writer, director, whatever you want to, whatever kind of thing you want to call him. But those, yeah. it was for whatever reason, those two combined somehow produced. Really good shit. So uh, Kojima's got it in him, but like you said, you know, you got to maybe give him some direction, keep him on some rails. He's still going to be a little weird, but it will be in the in a in a in a much more palatable, uh, you know, situation. I guess yeah, Death Stranding was fucking wild, bro. That was that was like that even for somebody that kind of enjoys some weird out there shit and likes to like look for the the things and and see where the connections are that was like a I didn't even go near that game with a fucking kitty farts bro it's kitty farts 300 foot pole it it's kitten farts that's probably the title of the podcast now kitten farts kitten farts yeah. uh new dead space we talked about this last week uh there was a rumor about uh, a dead space game coming up as it turns out that's the thing Unfortunately, we were wrong about it being a new one, in it, at least in the sense of it being a sequel or some shit, or being continuation. It is, in fact, a complete bottom-up remake of the original Dead Space, uh, in the same vein as they did with Resident Evil 2, and in fact, EA specifically called out Resident Evil 2's success when discussing going forward with the project in the first place. So, uh, I'm... I know that more people probably would have enjoyed a new Dead Space, but at the same time, if they somehow pull off this the same way that they did with Resident Evil 2's remake, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be more than fucking happy with this game. They, Resident Evil 2 added little new elements. It was still the same game, but it added new elements, and it made it feel fresh uh, in that regard, and it was obviously a substantial fucking upgrade from the original game. Uh, I'm sure people will will you know would be happy with it if they can hit that mark. That's a high fucking watermark to hit though. Like Resident Evil Two was probably the greatest remake of all yeah. time. It's so good, yeah. Like, uh, I played it and enjoyed it. I played it, and almost forgot that I played it before. It was so <laughs> it, yeah, good. but it, like it was so the same but different. But like, different. It was, but yeah. it was still unmistaking, uh, unmistakably it was still Resident, Resident Evil, Evil 2. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so that's not an easy thing to pull off, and and uh, that will be very much you know the determining factor here, especially if they're going to call it out right now. People are going to even more directly compare it to the job that was done yep. for Resident yep. Evil Two. So uh, so they've they've already set themselves a hell of a of a comparison point. 
Uh, but we'll see how it pans out. I don't think we have any indication on timelines <laughs> or anything like that, but, uh, yeah, uh, fair to say it's not going to be like four years from now or some shit. This is just going to be something to look forward to in the future. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how that, uh, that all comes together. And, uh, that is all I've got for game news, Mr. Black, which means it's time to do a little song. Patreon.com slash lag TV. Head on over there right now and throw some damn money at the screen. If you can't throw any money at the screen, that's okay. Uh, hit the like button here on YouTube. Uh, follow. Uh, share it. Uh, leave a comment for the algorithm. Um, yeah, just do all of those things. Uh, we also got Elgato. If you guys don't already have a stream deck, go pick one up. We got lighting here. This lighting in front of me is Elgato. Um, if you need sound dampeners, uh, for your walls or for your, for your room, they got that now and they look sleek and sexy. Um, they fit together nicely so you can do different designs. doesn't look like you're just hanging a bunch of crappy quality foam on the walls, which is always great. Um, if you're looking for capture cards, they got 4k 60 frame HDR capture cards, uh, at the most affordable competitive prices, uh, for the space, like just period. And that's like what Elgato is for all of their products. Like any products that they have, whether it's microphones, lighting, capture cards, uh, camera related stuff, anything, um, you know, the soundproofing, it's all extremely affordable. And the vast majority of time is cheaper than competitors and a higher quality. So definitely go check them out. We also got NordVPN. If you guys don't already have a VPN subscription, www.nordnordvpn.com slash OTT. Use the promo code OTT. Get yourself 70% off on a mm. two-year subscription with a bonus month thrown in for free and a 30-day money-back guarantee. So for whatever reason, if it ain't working the way you intended or if you find it difficult to use, which is damn near impossible because my dad uses NordVPN, <laughs> um, then you get your money back. Within 30 days, no questions asked. You get to support the, the sponsor. You get to support us. And you can stay safe and anonymous while you're surfing the Internet at anywhere, at any time, on any device. So go check them out, nordvpn.com slash OTT. Don't forget to use the promo code. And uh, go watch different regions of Netflix. Go and watch region block content on the internet. Um, at the price of a, a less than a grande cinnamon dolce latte at Starbucks, what are you doing? I mean, if you can spend $5, I was going to say $5 on a meal at McDonald's, Those shit, that shit's like $10 now. You know, those $5 meal days at McDonald's are long over. You can afford a meal at, at McDonald's or you can afford a coffee at Starbucks. You need to, you need to cut out one of those coffees in your life and you need to get yourself NordVPN. You probably need, you need to cut to out one space. of those coffee anyway. Yeah. And you know what? While you're at Starbucks, yeah. because I know you, you're there and you're using their Wi-Fi, you can use NordVPN to stay, to stay <laughs> safe while you're having the coffee. All right? So go check them out and go get yourself a subscription. That's it. Fantastic. And now it's time for movies, TV. Jerry, I just, I, I, you know, I, I added this for no other point than I just enjoy reading the sentence out loud, Mr. Black. Jerry Seinfeld to direct, produce, and star in Pop-Tart origin story. I mean, listen, we got, we got the McDonald's origin story. We got um, the Facebook origin story. We, you know, I don't know. Maybe the Pop-Tart origin story is like a crazy, um, 
you it's know, gotta betrayal. be right. It's gotta be. It's gotta be this crazy betrayal or this big uplifting uh, story of somebody who created a pop tart. It's gotta be. This is the most random thing ever. I'm assuming that there's a great story there. I don't know anything about it. Um, and obviously, it's gotta be a, a story that is soaked in humor. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> It's weird. It's just we'll a, probably one of the most random English sentences that I ever read in my life. I tweeted that the other day when it first popped up my timeline. I said, "I it read like a Mad Lib, you know, like those books where you just like fill in all the shit. Like it literally read like a Mad Lib. Like who in the fuck was going to put Jerry Seinfeld directs, produces, and stars in Pop Tart origin story? Like nobody, literally yeah. nobody was ever going to utter those words before until he made it so." So I guess props to, to him for coming up with an idea so fucking out in left field that it takes you by, take you by surprise. Uh, Dune has been delayed until October 22nd. That's not really the end of the world, but uh, definitely gives them a bit of a safer window for everyone uh, being double-shotted and ready to go for the theater runs. Uh, Halo's co-showrunners leave the series. This is, I don't know, like their third set. I don't, they're just hemorrhaging these bad boys. There's something about Halo like tv or movie related stuff even though it's been like passed around and it seems like the easiest fucking thing to make a tv or movie series out of like it's a it's fucking space shooting it's really yeah. not like a i i i think i think um i think they should just ax this all together at this it, point it, they've got to, if you're going through yeah, three different like, showrunners like yeah i mean they've been talking about a halo show for over a decade yeah and i'm telling you um if they haven't figured this out yet in the world of Hollywood and 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 the way streaming services are now, like Netflix, Amazon, HBO, they're throwing money. They're literally burning money on anything. Any, on anything. Yeah. And the fact that you can't you can't get this right after all this time from Halo. Cursed. Um and and you got a game coming out that's been in production for Cursed. and you still can't do this, it's done. Like Cursed. you need to give up. And I think if they if they come out with this shit, it's gonna be it's gonna be corny. It's gonna be lame as fuck. Yeah. I think it's I think it's gonna be a shitty ass sci-fi fucking uh, show that the fans despise. That they that they ruin Master Chief and they do things with Master Chief, like take off his helmet and they ruin the fucking whole. They they're gonna fuck every. There's no Master there's Chief no was Ron Perlman the whole time. Seriously, people people <laughs> made a big deal out of fucking Pedro Pascal taking off his helmet in Mandalorian. Let alone fucking Master Chief walking around is like fucking got Channing Tatum or something underneath there, <laughs> fucking chilling, just ruin it for everybody. Not saying he's a bad actor by any means, but I'm just saying they'll fuck this up. The only, the only fucking person I ever got excited ever about doing Halo District 13 and it, and was was yes, District Nine. Was District Nine. District was District Nine's yeah. Neil Blumkamp. He was the only one that I said okay. This guy can make a story. He can make it futuristic, but not fucking cheesy. Keep it grounded. Make it feel like it's human. Is it no big ass blockbuster bullshit? It could have been. He would have made the Mandalorian of Halo without the Disney shit. Like it would have. I actually believe he could have made a great Halo movie or series. I still believe he could. Well, he said. He's he said district. One. He said district he nine wanted, was literally. Like the remnants you, of his Halo you, concept. Look, look at the, <laughs> the 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 vehicles that they used in there. The 
the lighting, the fucking, the aesthetics of the movie. If 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 Master Chief showed up on the screen at any time, <laughs> I'd have been like, "This is Halo." I'd have been like, "This, it's already done." He could have threw Master Chief in there at the end. The main guy could have been put on a helmet at the end to fight the aliens <laughs> and it realized that it was an origin story for Master Chief. And you'd be like, oh my God, yes, this is Halo. They literally, that's the only way I'm ever getting on board <laughs> with Halo as a movie or a show. That's it. That's the show. Anybody else, I ain't got, ain't nobody got time for it. And it's going to fail. This right here leaves again, again, and again, it's over. Let it die. Make yeah. your video game that actually looks decent. Release this. Have it not fail. And run that train. The movie business and the show business, it ain't for you. It's, cur it's it. cursed, bro. It's fucking it's cursed. Done. You can't. Yeah. Like, and I would, I, what I want to know is what's causing these people to fucking leave one after the other. Like, uh, it's obviously probably they'd all say creative differences. Uh, or some well, shit. Well, it probably is. It's probably the studio heads that are going, this is what we want. And the thing is, is you probably got a bunch of people that you, they're probably getting some really great writers that are that are known for certain things. And then they're they're have, being handcuffed and saying, hey, we just basically want to use your name. And we just basically want you to write the movie we want you to write. And a lot of these a lot of these writers, directors, they don't want to do that shit. That's like what happened with Ryan Johnson is what happens with JJ. What happens with, with all of these uh, established writers, directors, they want guidance to a degree until they've proven themselves. Then when they prove themselves, they just want to be able to go fucking nutty. And the problem is when they go nutty, there's, a, there's an issue like we just talked about. But at the same time, if the studios do not allow these, why would you hire... Uh, um uh what's his face uh gun why would you why would you hire james gunn to do uh a guardian a, a suicide squad right he's, he's he finished suicide why would you hire james gunn to do suicide squad and then say you know what james we don't want you to do james i want you to do this right it's it's like marvel it's it's literally marvel can anybody name me Three different Marvel directors in the, in Marvel Cinematic Universe in the chat. Can you all name me three different directors? You probably can't because they're, they all look the same. <laughs> they all, it's, it's like the same shit over and over. And these directors, they don't want to do the same shit. It's why, these, it's why these actors and actresses in these Marvel movies, they make shit tons of money. But they don't. They want to do. They want to give it their own flail, a flair. They that's that's why that that's that's why these these shows and these writers walk out. I guarantee you, it's because they're being told, "No, I don't like that. I don't like that. I don't like that idea." And they they get they get wrapped up in this, and they go, "Yeah, yeah. How would you like to star in in a, a or a write for this big?" Halo, and they're like, oh my god, yes. Oh, it's a dream. I love Halo. I love it. And then they go there, and they start writing it, and they write a, an awesome script, and usually there's script notes and stuff, but they, they give this, you know, the studio a 100-page script. It comes back 20 pages, and it's like, where in the fuck, where in the hell is the rest of my movie? It, you just got rid of all the stuff that I like, and I guarantee you that's what's happening with Halo. They probably want some dumb, shitty, generic fuck boy uh space 
you know, little bit of Star Wars-esque with them, you know, with some Star Trek mixed in there with a little bit of... It, they're basing it off of other bullshit that works in Hollywood, and and certain people are probably like, dude, I don't know. Th- it's gonna end up like Starship Troopers, man. That's what that's what that that shit would look like. And no, that ain't it. Well, it ain't it. I I mean, if it ever comes out, we'll find out what uh, what that you know looks like. But uh, I don't think it's ever gonna fucking happen at this point. If it hasn't happened yet. I feel like there's a very slim chance that this thing is ever going to come to fruition. Uh, next up, Ron Perlman to voice Optimus Primal in the recently announced Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which is like the, uh, you know, it's kind of like what Beasties, the old uh, 3D animated show, was like that, that kind of branch of the Transformers, uh, of the Transformers lore. So Optimus Primal in uh, in uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts, having already voiced the character in the animated series Power of the Primes, Beast Wars. That's that was it. Did I call it what did I call it? Beasties or some shit? I'm the fucking high. Either way, Beast Wars. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, yeah, there you go. Um, I mean, if he's already voiced it, makes sense. Ron Perlman. Breaking Nicolas Cage news. I'm skipping one to get right to this, Mr. Black, because it's one of my favorite things that I've read this week. You ready for this shit? Are you fine? Nobody's ready for this shit. It's official. Nicolas Cage has jumped the shark. I know that you're saying to yourself, Adam, Nicolas Cage has already jumped the shark like 15 times in the last 72 hours. No. No, he hasn't jumped the shark. He's jumping the shark in 2022. And this is what's happening. Nicolas Cage playing Nicolas Cage, who attends the birthday party of a dangerous superfan played by Pedro Pascal and then is recruited by the CIA to save the world. Movie is called The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, coming April 22nd, 2022. Yes! Yes! Give me it! Give me all of it! I want all of it. Give me that Nicolas Cage. Give me self-aware Nicolas Cage yes. playing Nicolas Cage opposite Pedro fucking Pascal saving the world <laughs> via the CIA after a birthday party gone awry. Yes. Yes. That's the greatest script of all time. I'm 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 sold on this one. <laughs> I'm I'm never sold on Nicolas Cage. I'm in for this one. This is the only way. This is this is it. I mean, we, we've this will be peak Nicolas Cage. We we will never see Nicolas Cage in a film that is more Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I mean, he's playing uh, himself. He's playing himself, which you know. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jesus. He's playing I, himself know. with the unbearable weight of massive talent, Mister Black. This is unbearable. It's just so it's so unbearable. And Pedro Pascal is a fucking comedic genius god god you know (laughs) he's like the right amount of badass and all the right amount of like like satire so sarcastic um oh you know he's just the right it's it's the right guy to go against nicholas cage i'm i'm sure these guys are gonna oh my god be going at it some i don't even know but i'm in i'm in on this this is the only way I'm ever in because I think it's time that Nicolas Cage. I mean, he obviously knows he's a he, fucking laughing stock at this point. He's been playing and, into it for years. Yeah. Now he actually gets to play into it and get paid to play into it. Um, yeah. I think it's uh, I think this is, this is about as big of a, of a movie Nicolas Cage will ever be in 
for the rest of his career. This is this is peak. This is going to be peak Nicolas Cage. And I think that it's going to be a, a, a mighty fall from here. Uh, but I think that we should all enjoy this spectacle while we have it. Oh, just soak that one up. I mean, you like as soon as I, I was reading it, I was like, oh, okay, this is already insane. And then I read that somehow somebody convinced Pedro Pascal to be part of this project. And let's be honest, Nicolas Cage movies aren't normally massive budgets here in, in recent years. And I doubt this one is a massive budget either. Uh, no. And so what that tells me is that somebody handed Pedro Pascal a script and he read it and said, fuck yeah, I'm in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's like, listen, he, uh, pay, pay me my pay me my 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 minimal retainer yeah, yeah. and I'm in, uh, <laughs> you know, and and there's probably a bunch of uh, upside that they can have if the movie's successful. And I think Pedro Pascal isn't a massive star. He's getting there. Yeah, um, he's definitely much more recognizable than Nicolas Cage at this point. At least he gives a level of um, legitimacy to such yeah. a ridiculous movie that, like, it might actually work. And listen, this needs to be low budget. This doesn't. This needs to not have amazing CGI. <laughs> this need. It doesn't need to be like Sharknado bad, but it 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 needs to be like as high of a budget as um as the Gerard Butler films are these days. You know, this needs to be like a 30 to $50 million all in max. And they need to go there and just use these names and these, and, and these, these people uh, and, and let that do the talking. The script needs to be the money maker. It, this it, it, is not, nobody gives a fuck about an action packed uh, movie with Nicolas Cage. We want to see, Nicolas Cage basically butt ass naked for the world, not physically, but like I'm saying, I mean, maybe they go physically, we, butt maybe, ass naked. maybe they go, maybe they just, they just go the whole way <laughs> and he is butt ass naked. We need to see Nicolas Cage. We need to know things about Nicolas Cage that we don't even know. It, this needs to be a, a rediscovery of the crazy that is Nicolas Cage. Like if he doesn't have a house with octopuses in there, if he doesn't live in a castle, it like he needs to really fucking own this, and he needs to do it right because there's a chance that this could be a cult classic. Oh yeah, an absolute oh uh, genius of a film that could make endless amounts of money if they do it right. If it's half-assed and it's like every other shitty Nicolas Cage movie, I'm gonna be severely disappointed. I will never ever watch a Nicolas Cage movie again. How do you fuck this up? You, you can't go all in. Up. You go you all in. To. You have to. Like, uh, is there even an idea that's too crazy for this? Like, when you sit down and you do brainstorming for this fucking script, like, is there even an idea that's too crazy? Well, he needs to, he he needs to just draw from his life. He needs to he needs to think of the craziest places he's been. He needs to think of the craziest fans he's ever had. He needs to think of the craziest money he's ever spent. He needs to he needs to his his craziest thoughts, even the things he hasn't done, but he's thought about that he's dreamed about. You, we need to get crazy Nicolas Cage to the point where he's so crazy that we love him. Like, <laughs> that, this is his chance to convert. You know what I mean? Like, this is his chance. Not just be crazy to crazy, but find a way that we connect with this kid, this character, I should say, with this grown-ass man. We need it. We need At the end of it, we need to go, you know what, man? I'm going to go follow him on social media. I, I, I need more Nicolas Cage. That's what needs to happen. For his career, because <laughs> this is either going to go really well or it's going to go really bad. Like, I mean, really, really bad. 
And I, I'm praying that it goes really well and he can win over people again. This needs to oh, happen. Oh, that's an important stat. It's his 100th film as a leading man. So he's marking his 100th playing himself. Bro, this is going to be such a fucking dope movie. I'm just calling it now. This shit's going to be so fucking ridiculous that, like, unless you unless you go in just hating Nicolas Cage and, you, and you've already decided that this is going to be stupid, you got to respect the fucking nutsack of an individual to go out and make a movie that says you're playing yourself that attends a birthday party of a dangerous superfan played by somebody who actually has some fucking gravitas in the, a career. in the a career. A career. This man a has a career. Role. He is putting yeah. his career on the line for Nicolas fucking Cage. The thing is, is I don't even think he is. Because no matter what, even if it sucks, Pedro Pascal is going to go in and act his ass off. <laughs> and he's going to be a redeeming quality of the movie. Even if this is dog shit, people are going to go, well, Pedro Pascal, man. That guy's a fucking god. Right? No, So, like, it's on Nicolas Cage. He actually has a supporting actor. A legit actor with a real career doing big things. Like, Pedro Pascal is about to be a superstar. Not because of this movie. It's because he's <laughs> this, this is where he's going with his career. Nicolas Cage is at the deep bottom. He is a bottom <laughs> feeder. And for some reason, I don't know whose dick he had to suck or what. I don't know how he got this to happen. Obviously, he's got a relationship with this guy, and they know each other, or they've got the same agent or something. I don't know. It, maybe they were at an event, and Nicolas Cage was chilling there, and Pedro Pascal was there, and they had a few drinks. And then they just it's, – it's like this thing where you just meet up with somebody, you just think of this fucking stupid idea when you're drunk. Yes. And then, like – and then the next day when everybody's sober, you get a call from Nicolas Cage, and he's like, bro, bro, my agent's going to call you, man. I'm dead serious about this. And as Pedro Pascal, you're going, oh, man, fuck. Uh, uh, okay. okay. You know what? Fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it, right? So, you know, this uh, is... Uh, this is, Bro, I just... This is going to be good. It's, it, it's, it's the concept. The title is fucking incredible. Just like the unbearable weight of massive talent. Come on. Yeah. I Fuck. need to see this. I need to see that. I don't even want to go to the theater. I just want this on Netflix or Amazon or HBO. I want to be able to sit at home, watch this shit, and and oh my god, and and, and just enjoy enjoy whatever the hell this is oh. gonna be. I'm I'm gonna I need to see. I'm gonna need to see a trailer, and I'm just praying to God that the trailer isn't like the last like ten movies Nicolas Cage made where it just looks bad. I need this to look good. I need this to be like. I need Nicolas Cage to to channel his inner Keanu Reeves and just have like just own it. That's that's what Keanu does. He owns it, and people are like love him. Yeah, this is his chance to be a Keanu. You know, he he has an opportunity here. This isn't you know he's this is it. You've got one shot. If this works out, he could then be seen in. You could see him as a villain in fucking Marvel movie. Whatever. He has a chance here. He just needs to get people to love him. This needs to be a hit. I'm rooting for him. Well, we don't have to wait too long. It's April 22nd, 2022, barring any delays. And honestly, now that COVID is mostly kind of in the bag, at least in terms of like uh, people still working, I'm pretty sure it will hit roughly that date. 
So we so got a year. Filming now? Are they filming right now? Like, what? Well, I mean, let's fuck? be honest. How long of a fucking time do they yeah, need to put this movie months. together, bro? Yeah, like two months. They're not know. doing any deep CG or anything like that. This is this is just they're, they're they they just bang this bad boy out in a couple months. So, uh, my body is fucking ready for that. Uh, and lastly, uh, well, no, not lastly. Sorry, I'll back up one. Donnie, my body is all, also ready for this. Donnie, oh my Yen. god, sorry, sorry, I got to go back to this. Oh, for okay, a second. oh, okay. Neil Patrick Harris is in the movie. Oh, they already. Tiffany Haddish is in the movie. Oh. I'm not. I'm not sure how I feel about Tiffany Haddish, but you know she can be funny. There's a lot of people in this movie, so you know I mean, what I think. You know what I. Ha- you know what I have a sneaking suspicion is that a lot of people in they Hollywood. Are filming. A yeah. lot of people in Hollywood actually really fucking like Nicolas Cage. I just think well, that sure he's there's... kept at an arm's length because he's obviously fucking insane. But I think a lot of people, I don't think he's, I, I shouldn't say it. I don't mean he like literally insane, but he's obviously an incredibly he eccentric. Yeah, he's, yeah, I think he is bolder. I think most actors are kind of insane. I just yeah. think he's, he's, he, he's like, he's like that. He's like that grandfather that just doesn't give a fuck anymore. Yeah. And he's just owns it. It's just like, dude, yeah, fuck you. He's like, he, I'm, he's uh, like I, I got no, some it, weird friggin' shit going on, but I could pay yeah. for it. So fuck you. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> you know, I'm just going to be unapologetically me. And I'm, I don't, I'm going to show up, I'm going to show up in like the Russian consulate wearing a fucking purple pimp, you know, pimp suit and a fucking hat because I'm Nicholas Cage. Yeah, they're they're already filming. Like this is already deep into production right now. Um, they're they're already filming this movie. And you're right. I what it is, dude, is is he's been in the movie business for decades. So long. The guy, the guy, no matter what, because he you know, had he legitimate missed. movies. Or it's not like he's always oh, yes. been in this like fucking weird like oh, category. Yeah. Like he had legit movies, and he is capable of acting. Yeah. He yeah, just has been taking the easy roles for a while now. Here's here's the thing. He's gonna have this movie. Oh, it's actually done filming. It's in post production. Oh so my done. god! It's already done. So yes. it's in post. Um, he also has he also has like an Amazon Prime uh thing coming, and then he also has another movie. This guy is pumping out movies right now, but his big thing that's coming is a miniseries. And that is in, it's a, it, he's about to start filming. So he just finished filming two movies. Um, and now he's about to start production on the next thing that I have to see because okay, what is this? Why not? He's, he's doing an eight episode miniseries and he's okay. playing Joe exotic and it's starting. It's going to be filming. Barry, it's yes! in pre-production. He's getting ready to yes! start filming this. He's gonna be Joe. Yes, Fox. he's gonna be the Tiger King man. Yes, he's gonna be. Who the Tiger else King. is gonna play Joe Exotic? Nobody. No, there's only one other person, and that's what's his face. The guy um, who played Joe Dirt. The guy that played Joe Dirt. He's the only one because he looks only... like he looks like he's, him. Yeah, and he's got that like that hillbilly yeah. feel. But he's, he's not Nicolas Cage, he's bro. Not, he's not Nicolas Cage, man. You gotta oh, look, look. Nicholas Cage in another life could have fucking been Joe Exotic. Yeah. The difference between Joe Cage, Exotic Cage, and Nicholas Cage, yeah. Cage, one's not gay, and the other actually has money. That's like literally the only like everything else about Joe Exotic could very well Dude. be Nicholas Cage. Dude, this it could be this could be a Nicholas Cage Renaissance. In the I next can't two wait years. to hear Nicholas Cage utter the words, "I will never financially recover, from, recover this. from this." <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and dude, I yes. hope 
I hope that the miniseries is filmed like the documentary. Like, oh, almost please, like it's yes. Almost like it's a reality show. Almost like Trailer Park Boys. Please, yes. It needs, it needs to be that raw. I don't want to see this beautifully <laughs> shot, beautifully no. lit. I want to see, like, I want this film on, like, a fucking iPhone. Yes, I, I want this to feel... <laughs> Just like uh, like the documentary, I want to be put right back in there, but I want Nicolas Cage yes. just reenacting all of it. It needs to yes, happen. Please. Yeah. This next year is going to be my fucking dream year of just, just nothing but Nicolas Cage shit. I'm, I'm so fucking ready. That's uh, incredible. Those two things in succession. Fuck. Nothing else in this list matters. Like, fuck it. I don't know. Donnie Yen and, uh, and Hiroyuki Sonata are going to be in John Wick 4. That's dope. I, don't, I didn't need more reasons to watch John Wick 4, but those are two more reasons as to why I need to watch John Wick 4. Cool. And they already started filming. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Simon Pegg is apparently trying to turn the 1990 class, 1999 sorry, classic Galaxy Quest into a TV series. Uh, apparently there was going to be a sequel until, of course, unfortunately, Alan Rickman passed away, uh, and then that sequel movie kind of went into, uh, into, uh, into, well, the, into the dust, unfortunately, uh, along with him. Uh, everything but, is getting, starting to be filmed now that COVID restrictions are, Yeah, it's you all know, kicking up. Especially in the States, like, it's almost like no COVID restrictions are happening in, in major states, so everybody's just starting to get back to, uh into normal so yeah. uh there's gonna be a fuck ton of movies it's just gonna be a lot of movies are going to be rescheduled like the 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 dates because there's gonna be such a large backup and they don't want to step on each other's toes but they yeah. need to get them out so you're just gonna see a lot of small delays here and there and um it's probably gonna take a solid like one to two years to get back on track track but see what happens man oh man oh man anyway i, I dude i can't I can't get over the fact you just told me that Nicolas Cage is playing Joe Exotic in an eight-part miniseries. That's fucking incredible. Is that yeah, Netflix? yeah. Did no, you say that was Netflix? Is that Netflix? Uh, it doesn't. It just says TV miniseries. I don't know if it's. Let me look this up. It might already. I mean, it's it, got to it be Netflix, right? It, it could be. It could be Netflix. I would imagine because since um, the original was on, the Netflix. original is on there. I would imagine that uh, it's going to go there. It doesn't specifically say. Um, it's either that or they might film it and then sell it to a streaming service. But my guess is, is Netflix is going to be all over this, like yeah. no matter what. Right. Yeah. So, um, that'll be something. Holy fuck. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for, uh, tech support. Patreon.com slash like TV. Once again, $10 more uh, a month. We'll get you a couple perks, but uh, chiefly, uh, you'll be able to ask us questions each and every week on a post that I put up before the podcast called Tech Support. And we answer as many of those as we can at the end of the podcast. Um, for those wondering, because I did have somebody ask me the other day, uh, if we're getting closer to sending out some of our uh, stuff now that uh, COVID is slowing the fuck down and we can, uh, you know, or more specifically, I can stand in a post office for the fucking, like, two hours it usually takes to send this shit out uh, in one batch. Um, yes, we're getting closer, obviously. Um, I'll have my second shot and probably... I'm going to be rescheduling probably within the next week or two. Uh, and then I'm hoping to be done by, you know, my shots and everything by sometime August. And then the moment that my grandmother is second shotted, then I'll be like, all right. Let's go send some shit. Uh, so we'll package up whatever hasn't been 
done yet and and get that out. But uh, I've like I, I've said a couple times, I obviously still have and continue to add to when possible or when necessary the Excel sheet. I know everyone that's gotten and hasn't gotten their stuff yet, so uh, it will be sent out. Probably the most delayed merchandise in the history of any merchandise for anything ever on this podcast. So bless Tech you support. all for your patience. That's the way it, just the way she goes. <laughs> it's tactical alpha from top to fucking bottom. Uh, mm, Volkus, Merry Canada Day from here in uh, Atlantic Canuckistan. Well, thank you, Volkus. Um... Volkus uh, then followed that up with Ma- Lag TV Memory Lane. I remember Adam had a rubber chicken during one tournament. Can you guys remember any other props you've used over the years? I, that was your rubber chicken. It's mine, and I, I actually cleaned out the storage room, and uh, the chicken is is. Oh, you found it? A, yeah, I found it. I found <laughs> it. I, I was squeezing it there the the other two days ago when I cleaned out the place. So yeah, yeah, I still have that. I I actually have. I opened up a box, and all my shit was in there. My toga stuff. Um, my chainmail, uh, the the chicken, the Dragon Ball outfit that would never fit me now. Um, <laughs> yeah, all kinds of. Sh- oh, even the um the super uh, the the Super Saiyan hair. Oh yeah, from, oh fuck uh, that's, that that needs to be put in a shadow box and and hung next yeah. to the jacket behind you at this point. Yeah, it's all bent and shit. It's all fucked up, but uh, it's it's there. a classic. You can't throw that bad yeah. boy out. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I mean, that's probably that's probably like that prop, the hair. Uh, that's probably the ball is long gone, but the hair is still there. That's probably the most like obvious prop I can think of that we used. And it wasn't even in a cast. It was at that ML, it was at MLG. Is that Rhode, is that Rhode Island? Uh, Raleigh. Raleigh. Ah, yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, that was fucking, that was wild. And I still have the, the gift somewhere on my computer. Somebody, like, After Effects changed it to, like, give Jeff, like, the actual, like, animated hair and the ball was animated and it was pretty, uh, it was pretty good. That was, like, right around the time, what I remember most about that moment, though, was that that was right around the time where um, Lag TV's notoriety was at like some weird place where only a handful of people knew who the fuck we were, but we still had media badges. And so we like awkwardly sort of could but couldn't sit in the front couple of rows at this event. And then when we went to do this thing with like the hair and everything, only about 15 people in the crowd knew who the fuck we were. But thank God... Those guys screaming and cheering was enough to like set the rest of the audience up to actually clap and like laugh about it because otherwise it was just two fucking weirdos doing a Dragon Ball Z bit in between fucking segments on the live show for MLG. So that was a little fucking wild. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, for props, we didn't really use a lot of props. I mean, the, un- unintentionally, the Kermit that's over on the other side of my room now. Um, you know, that unintentionally got involved in a horrible lotion accident in, in one of our, uh, one of our episodes, but, but the chicken was probably, yeah, the most, uh, the more, most specifically used in midst of a, uh, of a lag TV, uh, piece of content. Um, Danish Devil asks, what's the worst thing you've ever dropped into water? Bonus points if it was into the toilet. Uh, dropped into water. I don't think I've actually ever dropped anything particularly important into water. I mean, I've thank my God, phone. I've dropped my phone in the water, but I mean, I got to pick it up almost right away. It didn't really do anything. Um, it like muffled my speakers for a bit, but then once it uh, dried out, it 
sounded sounded fine again. Um, yeah. Other than that, that's pretty much it. I don't really drop much in the water. Yeah, I thankfully I, didn't. I thankfully didn't drop my phone into any into any water thus far. Anyway, um, I did my my cousin Kayla. We were at a family uh, a family dinner. And when uh, and when she was in the bathroom, she dropped her cell phone in the in the water in the toilet. Mm. Um, thankfully, uh, after after it had been flushed, otherwise that'd be even fucking worse. Uh, but yeah, that that so I know somebody that did have that happen, but I've never thankfully done that uh, anything like that with my cell phone. Yeah, and I don't think I've ever dropped anything really. I'm pretty good about if I'm near water. I'm pretty good about making sure that anything that is valuable that shouldn't touch water, yeah, is far away from the water. Um, you know, I, I don't even really like using my cell phone at the beach because sand will just scratch like any fucking cell phone screen, and you yeah. only need two pieces of sand in your pocket, and you're fucked. That's it. Rip. So, so you're, I'm even I'm even careful about that. Uh, Jorbach asks, is there a, a special music CD or album that you still like to listen to all the way through? So not just a couple of uh, tracks, but the whole way through. The only one, I mean, I haven't listened to it in a while. Um, although I did listen to a YouTube video that had the whole album there, um, Lincoln Park reanimation is one oh, yeah. of the albums that I can turn on and just, I just let it go. There's no skipping going to whatever. I just play it and I jam out for it. Uh, the whole, the whole way through, um, man, I remember when Lincoln Park, like, uh, uh showed up and 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 we literally just did nothing but listen to Lincoln Park for like months uh when we were younger. Uh I don't know if there's an album that I go back to really. The only one I can think of that I listen to in its entirety more than a few times is Michael Jackson's Bad album. Mm. Um also another album you can just because there's there's really and it's not like I can sit here and tell you all the songs in the fucking album because I'm not somebody that remembers any of that shit. I'm when I listen to music, I'm barely paying attention to anything. It's just I either like it or I don't. And so and so uh that's yeah, Michael Jackson's bad album is is probably one that I've listened to all the way through more than a few times, but otherwise What I do here at the house when I have the Sono system on, I um there's a there's a Michael Jackson network. Oh yeah. And I just put that on and it's literally just Michael song after Michael song after Michael song. And um I've noticed like if I listen to it for an hour, there's a good 20 minutes of the hour of music that I didn't even know existed. He did. Yeah. And and I'm I get on it and I'm like, "Oh shit, okay." And then, you know, it's just like adding more. It's just like the guy had endless amounts of music, so Oh yeah. Um yeah. Uh what was I going to say? I, I'm more the type of person that will listen to a song and get latched onto a single song and repeat the fuck out of one song, not an entire album. Yeah. Um, because, again, my brain just latches onto, like, usually the song itself, and so I, I just get, like, the shit just gets caught up in my head for uh, for weeks on end. Uh... Uh, oh, well, this is pretty easy for you to answer anyway, but uh, Time Tricks asks, Hey guys, tried to buy a recreational vehicle only for it to be extremely backordered thanks to COVID. Anyway, my question is, given the, given the choice of what you could buy, such as an ATV, a boat, or a snowmobile, or something along those lines, uh, which one would you buy? And if you already have one, what would be your second choice of recreational vehicle? Well, I just bought a... Um 
an ATV. Jeez, when did I buy that? It was like uh, in the, I think the end of last summer. Yeah, um, like a year ago. Right around there. About a, yeah, a little less than a year, maybe like 10, 10 months, 11 yeah. months ago. Um, Barely use it. Um, I basically, I'll be honest, I bought it because I always wanted one. And um, my driveway, like I'll use it more when my driveway gets paved. But right now my driveway isn't for, paved. Yeah, for plowing. Uh, for plowing. Shit. So what I did is I just hired a plow um, guy that comes and plows my driveway, but I really got it to plow, but I don't want to do it until it's paved because it just makes it a lot easier instead of just plowing gravel all over the fucking place. Yeah. Um, even at the end of the year when the snow stopped, we had to like get wheelbarrows and shovel the mountain of gravel and yeah, you had to re-rake it. it. Yeah. yeah. We had to re-rake it and stuff. So, yeah. uh, and I just, didn't really have this disposable income to spend like 18 grand on a fucking paved, <laughs> paved driveway, driveway yet, right? Yeah. So just gonna have to wait it out. I ended up getting the generator instead. So, uh, which I think is a little bit more important. Um, so yeah, I, I do have an ATV, um, bought a 2020 Polaris, um, barely, I think it might have might I don't even know how many kilometers I, I actually went on it. Uh, four or five days ago I went out because we got a bunch of cool trails and stuff and um, yeah if my friends want to go out I, I actually was on Facebook did anybody want to go four wheeling um, so I'm down to go have some fun with it I just probably won't use it as much until uh, I get my uh, driveway paid that's the reason why I bought it so to go back to your question is um, I wouldn't buy any of those things unless uh, I had a use case for it. Um, so a boat, I just wouldn't buy. If I lived on a lake, um, I would probably buy a Sea-Doo before I bought a boat um, because I'd be on a lake and not the ocean. And yeah. to, even to, like I have friends that have boats. Maintaining boats is fucking rough. It's rough. It's yeah. expensive. It's time consuming. Um, even just parking your boat um at a at a place uh is expensive if you don't have uh, your own if you don't have your own uh your own dock you're kind of fucked you're fucked and not everybody lives on the ocean right no, so like no. why would you get a boat to be on a lake like i guess you could get a small a small little well if you're you know, if you have like a cottage or some shit and you've got lake frontage then i guess that that makes some sense that right? makes some sense as long as you're not get like when i think a boat i'm oh, thinking you mean like a like, big ass boat i'm thinking like you know a 48 footer you know what i mean like a, Jesus! like a, like a yeah, sailboat like, some, like a sailboat like oh, an okay. actual boat i'm not talking like oh you're talking about a sp- uh, like a, just like a, a recreational boat yeah, like a speedboat like, or some shit yeah like if it's if, it, if you're just getting something like a little speedboat to like go fishing or that putts around then yeah sure if you live on the water go right ahead uh snowmobile it's not really my thing i don't even like being cold so like going out there in a snowmobile i'd rather get a four-wheeler <laughs> which also can go in the snow yeah so like you know uh it's just not unless i had a pack of friends that really just love snowboard or uh, snowblow uh snowmobiling sure uh but yeah i i would say for me atv is where it's at uh because it's it's got multiple uses you can use it as a plow you can use it um as as a thing that can haul stuff um, so you can, you know, I got a winch on the front of mine, so you can, you, you can drag stuff, pull other people out. And of course you can go recreationally. You can go in paths and have fun and rip around. And, um, 
I just find a lot more people have four wheelers than they do yeah. boats and uh what well, it's was the easier other one? to store it's, a four wheeler and it's cheaper for yeah, a four wheeler the, than a, than yeah, a boat. throw it in the garage yeah throw it in the garage and you can get them cheap you don't even need to go and buy a brand new one no you can go and buy used ones and get them relatively cheap uh but i'm not a big outdoorsy guy so you're literally asking the wrong dude you know <laughs> i'm if i was like a big outdoorsy guy i probably still would get the four wheeler because it's going to take me place you take it hunting you can you, you can take it anywhere um yeah, I've never been even remotely interested in any recreational vehicle. Like, not even a little bit. I enjoy going out on a boat, whether it's a sailboat or a speedboat or whatever. I, I, you know, I like being on the water. But owning one myself, I mean, knowing knowing what it is to maintain even a speedboat. Like, yes. like, okay, so like my, my cousin Ben bought uh, an old secondhand one just because his, you know, his parents got a place that's on the water now their retirement place they got a little little postage stamp of a property but they've got um they've got their own dock and so they he got a a, a secondhand boat i think he, it was like uh, eight grand i think he only had to pay for this little speed boat it was quite old and even that i mean the fucking the fucking uh accelerator is as stiff as fuck the wheel is as stiff as shit like you're really fighting things all the time uh, you're, uh, because it's like falling apart and to maintain, it's not cheap. Uh, he called it the not so bad because it's not so it's bad. It's not so bad. It's not, it's not great. It's not so bad. It's, but it's, it's not so bad. So it's called the not so it's bad. good name. Uh, like and so, uh, yeah, so they got, so just even knowing what it's like to maintain something like is, you know, farting around in a secondhand beat up speedboat. I was like, nah, I just, I, I, even that. And that would be, of all of them, that would be probably the closest thing that I would think of would be a little speedboat if I was on a lake or if I was on the water just to, like, just to, like, fart around in and fit. Because then you can, like, fish if you wanted to and stuff like that. Where a sea-doo would be fun, too. But if I was super fun. But, but like, I can't fish off of the... I mean, I guess you could technically... Fish off the but it wouldn't be it wouldn't yet. be exactly very ergonomical for uh, for the purposes of fishing. Listen, when it comes to boats, all right, uh, unless you are an avid fisher or you just love going out the water for whatever purpose, yeah, it's um, a lot it, of effort. It's 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 way too much money and way too much time and effort. You're better off just renting a boat or using somebody else's, spending a little bit of a premium yeah. to get a boat when you want it use it and then give it back yeah because unless you're out there like every single weekend or every other day owning something like that you know even just then you then you need a truck to like uh and a and a and a uh whatever they call it there to store it and move it around and fucking like it's boat trailer like i mean it just keeps piling on and on and on yeah, so, it's it, yeah. it's 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 one of those like it's a lifestyle things like that becomes part of your yeah. that's your main recreation that's like a, a, a yeah. you know a commitment. Get a four wheeler. Uh, uh, Danjum asks, "What uh, is the worst place you've ever been stuck in for a long time?" Maine, and it wasn't even that long, but it yeah. felt like an eternity. Yeah, that was horrible. I'm just gonna that say really- that, that's that is a hundred percent. That was the longest trip. Yeah, that was bad. Figuratively and literally, yeah. uh, I've ever been what on. Sh- what a shithole we were into. Like, I mean, it was like. I mean, Bangor, Maine is not exactly a burgeoning fucking, uh, you know, city yeah. center. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, we didn't even get to leave. That's the problem. No, we the were fucking stuck. airport was go- was god awful. It was like smaller than Halifax. Nobody fucking there. Dude, we flew for like four hours. They're like, hey, we got to turn around and fly another four hours. Like, no, we're gonna get off this fucking plane right now, and we'll figure out a way to get home. I can, and- I cannot. I cannot overstate how small Bangor International Airport is, and the fact that it even has the title of international in the in the airport. Dude, my me. house is bigger. All right, it, literally, my- Jeff's house is bigger than Bangor International Airport. I mean, you're talking about the you're talking about so what looks like a, a fucking backsplit. Is it like it's it's a tiny fucking building that looks like it's actually you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of South Center Mall. Yes. It looked like you were in a mall. It didn't look yes. like an airport. an airport. It looked like a no. mall that had been reclaimed. Yes. When, and somebody decided to put an airport in there and yeah. call it a day. The The terminal area for renting a car was bigger and had more queues than the, the, the lineups the to air. buy tickets and get tickets. in line to actually get on a plane. Yes. Yes. It's crazy. I've been in, I've been in airports in like Dominican and Cuba and stuff. Their airports were bigger nicer uh, you know it didn't help that we landed there at like fucking you know uh, super early in the morning it yeah. was like super late at night yeah it was uh, it was um, like uh, 11 something at night or yeah something so like there. no so like nobody was literally nobody was there there's no flights coming in and out there's barely any flights we got the last out of there pizza anyway. out of the fucking like hotel yes uh the hotel kitchen the last pizza that like, we got there like 10 minutes before the kitchen closed yeah and because we yeah, hadn't yeah, eaten was- we hadn't eaten like 10 hours or some shit at that point. Yeah, and they didn't even want to feed us like they were going to they were going to fly us all back to fucking Chicago or wherever the hell we were at uh, beforehand uh or Calgary But no guarantee no no it was it was it was Chicago was but Chicago, no guarantees yeah. of of a, a hotel or food. Yeah, n- nothing. They and, and took, no idea when we get on a plane to go back. No no fucking idea. We're just we just got to go there because we're not allowed to stay here. Like we're just not allowed to stay here so we got to go. We don't they, cuz they landed in a terminal that like wasn't even theirs. Like they're it's like a we, sister, we, it's part of the alliance that they're part of, but it's not yeah, on their flight it's route. Not so they they can't they can't stay just emergency fuel, to go it's, back yeah, it's, and it's get fueling up out. and get That's out. It. Yeah. Can't not stay. The, can't. Not which confused because it's not like it's not like this airport was a a bustling very Somebody busy there. No I mean, there was either. like two planes that took off from this place, and, and both and both of them were fucking propellers. Like they they weren't yeah. even like they weren't even like right. legit full on jet aircraft. It was just like prop planes. Yeah, it's the shit you smuggle cocaine with in the fucking Mexico. The security you know? guard was ninety five years old, and yep. there was one, one security <laughs> guard for the entire building, and he was on death's door. That is the kind of place that we were in. So yeah, that was a shithole. Oh and, uh, my god! And it was long, and it was we were salty. We just wanted to go oh, home. We traveled all fucking day, all night. You know, it was just it was brutal, man. It was, and then we had to fight with the airlines and fight. It was just like dude, it was phone. So, we were on the phone for like five hours. It was brutal. Five yeah. hours on the phone. We even, I mean, we've told the story like fifty times, but it never gets old for me because it's just so stupid. Like we actually fielded the idea of renting a U-Haul to yes, drive across the port border because all the rental cars that were international were already bought up. Yeah, it's brutal. 
We fielded that idea. That was that neither of us had ever driven a truck of that size before, and we were going to rent a U-Haul in Bangor fucking Maine and drive that shit across the border. <laughs> and, in our, and in our, like, young YouTube minds, we were like, well, we'll just vlog it the whole some, thing. We'll make some content. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was, you know, what a fucking, what a fucking time. Yep. What a Good fucking times. time. Um. Oh. How, it's it's probably gone, unfortunately, but I'll we'll answer this anyway. E, uh, 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 Elium asks, "You guys mentioned the Shadow of the Colossus playthrough several times now during the podcast. Jeff even called it one of his favorite light TV moments of all time. Uh, I didn't catch it then, and I would love to see the VOD. Any chance you re-upload it? That unfortunately got lost to the I think to the great Twitch purge of 2019. Let me see here. Do you have Let it on see. YouTube or do you have it on a Let folder? Let me see." Because uh, you did save some stuff, I just don't know what you saved. Uh, let me see here. I definitely don't have it on a hard drive, but I th thought I had uploaded that whole playthrough on YouTube. But I could be wrong. Uh, uh, uh. Yes, it's on my YouTube channel. Oh, is it seriously still up? You can watch. Uh, Bro, you need to here. download that so it doesn't get dude, lost. Dude, 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 look. Look, 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 look. I'm going to send you a link. Okay. Look, that, that's it right there, man. Let's see. So, and it, there's 19 parts. So you guys can go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Maximus Black. Or, sorry, 18 parts. It starts at one, goes all the way down to the finale at oh 18. Oh, my God, bro. I need, and I, you, I need to download this. You need to download it. this shit. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. We, we, you know what we should do? We should fucking... Uh, we should stream this on on the on the. We should download it all and just do like a fucking marathon stream and stream it on Nick oh YouTube or something. Oh my fucking god! I had hair. Look yeah, at you that. did. I had a lot of hair. hair. I had a lot of hair on my head, dude. Yep. I I I sunk slower and slower into that couch over the course of the entire fucking video, so you'll just see me progressively dude, get go further. To number, eight, number eighteen, you're fucking late. <laughs> you're basically <laughs> vertical, bro. You're like fuck. <laughs> you're pretty much dead. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> You're pretty much slumped. It was like six yeah. o'clock in the morning. Yeah, we did this in much. one sitting. Yeah, one sitting. I don't know how many hours that ends up being. Like, how? What was it? Like fucking? The it, it was it was about thirty. Actually, there was one one that was an hour, dude. It was a while. So what? One hour, two hours, three hours, four, uh, five hours, six hours, seven hours, eight hours, nine hours. Nine and a half, about ten hours. About ten hours. <laughs> so we just and we didn't start early in the day either. Uh, so no. we ended. I went home and it was like seven o'clock in the morning, or some yeah. shit. It was, it was uh, so we were, up we, for were sure. we were we were the type we were the type of tired where everything was just fucking hilarious. So like the yeah. take it for a rip, bud, which uh, which would not make me laugh now. Back then, at that specific moment. I'm pretty sure I was dehydrated from crying because we were laughing so fucking hard about that stupid fucking video taking it for a rip there, bud. And, and it was the only thing that mattered at that time because everything else was just falling asleep on the couch. Uh, yeah, go watch it, guys. Go, go it's watch on my it. YouTube channel. Just go under playlists and find Shadow of a Colossus. All 18 parts are there. Go watch it. It's, it's all there. And you get to see you get to see young Adam and young Jeff. Holy fuck. Uh, That's eight go, years ago, bro. Yeah, 2013. Eight November, yeah, 
2013. Eight fucking years ago. Ladies that and gentlemen, that's, nuts. that's another Technical Alpha podcast. We're done for this week. We'll be back next week with some more. Maybe I'll have less hair at that point, just progressively. We need a timeline on lag TV of just watching my hairline recede. I think that's the ultimate. The last, the last lag TV video posted to the YouTube channel should just be a time lapse of my hairline receding, and then mm. just post See, that. Over the years, your hair has gotten shorter, mine's gotten longer. I've just true. Been my shit, it's you know. true. It's uh, it's very true. I mean, other than 2011, when I started with hair that looked like this, and then grew it out over the course of lag TV. And now I've gone back to square one, but I don't think I'm growing it back out again. Yeah, but you know, you, you, you're not doing it by choice, Adam. Your, That's true. Your hair time has come. You know, much you just, like you, much like Bangor, Maine, I didn't do it by choice. No, it just happened. Hey, <laughs> listen, just happened. you know, you, 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 there's comes a time where you just got to take the Clippers and just say, "Hey, I'm 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 going. I'm bald. checking out the I, fucking game. I'm checking out. I'm checking out the fucking game. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you guys all next week for some more Technical Alpha. Thank you once again for stopping by. If you're new, hit the follow button before you head out. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, leave us a review on, uh, on iTunes or wherever else and uh, spread the word about Tech Alpha if you think that other people that you know might be interested in the show. Until we see you next week, guys, thank you once again. Stay safe out there. We'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.